This is the Rugby Muscle Podcast, talking all that you need to become the best rugby player you can be. Now here are the Rugby Muscle Coaches, TJ and Alex. I'll give this example of how you can increase the weight, but it decrease the reps and still progressively overload. Because we mm-hmm. want to make sure that week to week, this is probably the most important thing about progressively overloading, is that week to week, we mm-hmm. go, uh, we lift more volume. Okay, so that's so volume is sets times reps times weight. So if you're increasing your weight, you ideally want to figure out a way that that volume is still a little bit more compared to last week. So a good um, way to. I wanted to quickly define volume slightly differently. Go on. Um, well, it's more of a considerations taken to. Yeah. That if you look more deep deeper into it, no, I said this. I'm going to be fine now. We have guys of very different shapes. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Like a nine is going to be very different from a lock, right? So sets times reps times weights times distance moved on the bar. I'm not saying people need to measure how far they're moving the bar. But just beware, if you're a bigger guy or taller, you're going to take more damage from doing a same range of motion lift. Yeah, so we could, yeah, and that, but obviously for most people, actually this is something we're going to touch on hopefully in a minute, but for most people, that distance traveling the bar isn't going to change week to week. So if you're comparing your volume to someone else's volume, that's a factor. If you're carrying, if you're comparing your volume this week to last week, that's you. We would usually assume that that's the same. Yeah. I, the only time I would say that's definitely a, a really valid point, and someone needs people need to listen to is when people um, really try and rush adding weight on things like bench press and squats, and so they add ten kilos. And they do the same amount of reps and are like, yeah, I've progressed so much. And then you look at their reps last week compared to their reps this week, and guess what? They've cut about cut out, you know, a good four inches of depth on their squat. So are they really making that progression? Or Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's um You you should I mean, make sure you keep your form correct. Um anyway, going yes. back to my way of progressing um, and a lot of my athletes will see this. They've seen this at the beginning of their spreadsheet when we do a lot of power work. So like for cleans or any sort of weighted power work, week one is going to be three sets of five reps, right? So you pick a weight that you can do five reps quite comfortably. That gives us 15, 15 solid reps. Week two is going to be four times four. So all of a sudden we've got 16 reps and ideally we'll have increased the reps, yeah. Wait. Wait, sorry, yeah, yeah. I knew I'd, I'd messed up somewhere. And then the last week is six times three. And then, so ideally, again, we've gone from four to three reps, so hopefully we should increase that weight. And even if we keep the weight exactly the same, we will have moved faster and we would have done 18 reps compared to our 15 in the first week. And that's a three-week quick progression scheme that you can do. And you can you can write that down and you can take it to the gym with you and do it. Yeah, sweet. Have you any other ways that you uh, track volume then, rather than this? But that, do you have, so rather than um, steadily increasing the the reps or doing it sets times reps times weight, is there any other ways you have you have a look at it? Yes, and this is this is what we're going to talk about. More ways that you can. So these the, what we've spoken about so far, I guess, are 
the basics of progressive overload. So most people going to the gym will, even if they don't realize they're doing it, will probably stick to this some some way, right? Would you agree? Mm-hmm. I think most people yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but now we can also look at things like, so for our athletes, there's, I, I like increasing the speed of a movement is a way of progressively overloading something. So again, hopefully by doing um, the, what, the scheme I just said, well, I'm from five reps to four reps to three reps, we should increase that speed because we're doing less reps across the amount of reps. So what I mean by that is if we've done 15 reps by using uh, 15 total reps by using five reps per set, probably the, the last two reps in each set aren't as fast. Um, but when we look at our 18, we're only doing sets of three, so they should all be at a higher speed. Um, also, as you just increase your speed, you should be able to perform each exercise faster. So uh, we spoke about this when we were talking about um, different plyometric or medicine ball drills. A good way of progressing your medicine ball work is starting with a heavier medicine ball and decreasing the weight as you go because you're going to be then moving that ball faster. It's going to, and you make sure you obviously, as we said before uh, in the last podcast about keeping the same mechanics, the lighter weight should have you moving faster and therefore that's how you're going to progress week to week. Yeah, I like that. And, and, um, Actually, no, I'll leave it there. Actually, I was going to talk about progressions, but we don't need to look talk about that yet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, give me a way that you'd progressively overload outside of the norm. So, if we said sets, reps, weight, combination of those, um, speed. What else? I'm just going through a list. I'm going to talk about the actual exercise choices. Yeah. And uh, changing lever lengths and and whatnot. Excellent. So. If we look at the basis of progressions, mm-hmm. did we do a podcast on progressions? Uh, if we yeah. If we have, yeah, we did a while back. Progressions and regressions. Look it up. Yeah, and progressions, fact, regressions, and just keep listening, and I'll tell you which injury. one it is exactly. But carry on, Alex. Okay, so and if we take a press up because it's a really nice, easy example, um, which is a horizontal pressing movement, right? So, so to increase our um, I think our difficulty from there or the volume per muscle, we can look at changing the lever lengths on the press up to make each muscle take more load. So to take a big jump, if you do a press up, we'll call it a body weight, right? Uh-huh. So say you weigh hundred kilos, you're spreading a hundred kilo load between both arms and both sides of your chest. But if you did a single arm press up, you'd be using one arm to hundred kilos so you see that's an increase in volume, a double in volume, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously that's quite a big jump. It's like six progressions down the list. Yeah, I was anyway. going to say, that's a big jump. But Yeah, right. as is an example that I could do with maths really easily. But, mm-hmm. then, but then if you slightly take the load off one arm, for example, so you say you did a, a press over one hand on a medicine ball, mm-hmm. you'd be decreasing the range of motion one arm could go through, so the other arm would have to take that much extra load, thus increasing the volume. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I also look at that. Like, um, and there's a bunch of it. Uh, I think this applies probably most to um, core movements, core stability movements, where because you can't just increase. Well, yeah, I guess you can, but it's it's a better way of doing it, producing a more effective core rather than just increasing weight or whatever. 
is to increase the difficulty of the movement add some unstable surface or something like that is a it's a good way for the core now i'm not going to say it's a good way to do any other so say if you do um a uh, hundred kilo bench press one week and then to make it difficult you then just decide to do a hundred kilo bench press on a swiss ball no just don't do that don't let uh unstable surfaces in- take away from your main strength training but when we're looking at uh core stability core strength definitely adding in some instability is going to make that progress yeah i agree with that actually um i'm not a big fan of swiss ball movements but um, and we haven't actually written this one down because we're not physiotherapists, but movements with added perturbation in as well um, Go on. is a little bit extra. So say, so perturbation is just, you can call it like disruption or um, kind of oscillation while, while you're doing a lift. Yeah. So it might be a, say we're going to bench press, someone's slightly shaking you or like wobbling you when you're or you've doing got it. the bands attached to kettlebells or something on the bar yeah you could do it that way yeah just too. adding more you know increasing the difficulty of the movement i think that's what we want so, to say well, is the actually, way of doing it so i treat that as a, a micro progression does that make sense so it's not adding more weight but it's adding something that's a little bit more difficult yeah so maybe the next week you could add some weight yeah cool um by the way just to those listening number 26 is our one talking about why you have to use progressions and regressions um yeah um so going back to more movements that we can do or how we can change movement i guess uh, i've got two here both to do with squats firstly is and and this doesn't have to be squats it could be any movement but pauses adding in pauses either at certain portions can increase the difficulty of a movement or increasing the length of pauses or you can start off with a 10 second pause and that's going to dictate the amount of weight that you can use so you could so you could start off with a long pause and then week by week uh reduce that pause and therefore you're going to be able to add more weight and still do the same reps and still get a good progressive overload or you can keep the same weight and um just increase the length of the pause Another thing we can do is, as Alex said about before, uh, with lever lengths and stuff, is do things such as Anderson squats. So you can sit, an Anderson squat is where you set the pins at a certain height uh, of your squat, load up the bar there, and then you start in the hole. So you start from the bottom of the squat and then you drive it up. I guess I'll put this on the Instas, TJ.strength. Um, you start in the hole and have, then... Are you and doing the Anderson squats at the moment? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah, I've got a client doing them. I'll get him. I'll video from him. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You um, save your hips, mate. But Anderson squats are great because these. This is like the first dude that uh, I can't remember what his name is. Something Anderson. <laughs> Something Anderson. <laughs> is it Mister Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not a Mrs. Anderson. So Mister Anderson, what he did was uh, he only he didn't have access to different weights on the barbell. He had access to one pole and he filled up two cement buckets or something on either side okay and all he would do is he would dig a big hole uh for himself to stand in and then squat that weight up and as he got stronger he would just gradually week by week or session by session fill in that hole so he starts his squat from deeper and that's what you can do to be, to progress your lift. You can keep the weight the same. Say if, and this is a good way of doing it. If someone really, if you struggle with um, 
getting hitting depth on your squats. Mm-hmm. I prefer these to box squats. So you start from the bottom position. Um, say you start at about a two thirds of, de- of your depth or what your normal depth is. Squat the weight up for a set amount of reps. Keep the weight the same the next week. Come back to it, but set the pins one pin lower, and you go one pin lower until you're a good depth of squat, whatever that is for you. That doesn't necessarily mean ass to grass. It just means what's a good depth for you. Uh, Paul, by the way, mate. Paul Anderson. Yeah. There we go. Um, I'm going to disagree with you there. Oh, oh. I don't think if your squat depth isn't secure and um, and and correct for yourself, then I don't think you should have a bar on your back. Ah, uh, so you? I think, think that you should be doing goblet squats or bodyweight squats or yeah. or even maybe yeah. even lunges until. Uh, that's a that's a. But my the reason I added this in is because I think it's tough on the old ego. People people well, don't like to go from uh, 150 kilo shit depth squat and then and then i'm gonna go oh no actually just do goblet squats or whatever um the well, fact i'd say to them try to and that, load up two um two seventy five kilo kettlebells on each hand and do a squat and see if they still want to squat 150 kilos anyway yeah let's move um, on the ego shouldn't really yeah i guess it does come into it okay um so let's talk about um so we're going quite a few quite advanced ideas now mm-hmm. that, that potentially people don't need to use. Yeah, well, uh, especially when we're guess. talking about basics. This is like, now we're going to get into nitty-gritty things that like, this is when it's like, uh, we're, we're training really different goals. We're training rugby-specific goals almost with most of these now that as we get into it. Um, not less nece- like these aren't, maybe not necessary if you want to just get jacked, but definitely if you want to perform better, want to consider these methods. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to make it real simple and just say, just do another day of squatting. Just squat more often. If yeah. we're talking about squatting, oh, right, just yeah. increase your volume by just doing something more often. Increase your frequency. So you could do, yeah. say you do the same session uh, three times a week, you could just do that session for a fourth time in that week or just have a recovery, not a recovery day, a fatigue uh, management day, management, yeah. yeah, where you do just go in and just get one extra set in of a few different movements or two extra sets in, and that is gonna hopefully not interfere with your recovery. In fact, it might even promote it, um, and it's gonna add in that volume for that week because um, when we want to talk about progressing week to week, that's not necessarily session to session. That's one week or one microcycle to the next. So a good example of this is uh, me, where I've, got, I've done a poorly timed training program here where I'm looking at, um, it's just real basic, but I was training six times a week, or yeah, six sessions a week uh, for, three, for two or three weeks, or well, for a long while, but uh, this Saturday is going to be my first game of the year. Um, and therefore... I'm not going to be able to train six times a week because I'm going to have a game and therefore I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to progressively overload this microcycle compared to last week's. And the way I'm going to do that is going to squeeze in my stuff into three or four longer sessions and then one or two shorter power sessions that aren't going to fatigue me for my game. Um, that 
means that I've actually decreased my frequency, but everything else has increased. And again, my week to week volume has increased. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. and that's something that definitely people need to bear in mind when they are looking at hypertrophy during the season um, is trying um, to figure out how you well, can when we're talking... spread it out. Go on. As well, when we're talking about this, so say we're going to use squats, so squats quite a good example. Um, just because we say, okay, squat another time a week, it doesn't mean that we want you to back squat four times a week. Mm-hmm. There's no reason you can't do a uh, less intense variation. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do sets of five, heavy grinding sets of five, or sets, or really tough sets of ten, or really heavy, really really heavy sets of three, or work to a max. Add in a different rep scheme. Um, sets of twenty are a really good way, and I've got a YouTube video that should be up by now explaining uh, a bit more about this, about how uh, full body workouts can actually work out better. Um, uh, yeah, I, I actually have everybody, including myself, on full body workouts. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, uh, I get upset when people um, do do splits. So I, I um, heard about this person, and they, they came to me and said, "Okay, this is what I'm doing," and they'd been training less than six weeks in total, and they were on a um, push pull split. And I was like, "Well, you just don't need to. Just just do everything." Yeah. You're not going to hurt yourself. So. I think something, if you're trying to increase your frequency of your training, um, to bear in mind is like literally doing this extra session will probably blow your mind because people think, oh, I already trained. Like, say you trained. So, my a good example is already for me where I did barbell uh, close grip bench press yesterday and the day before I did a load of chest work. And guess mm-hmm. what? I still managed to do it. I didn't die. People think that because you've trained a body part one day, there's no way you're going to be able to do anything with it the next day. That's just not true. Yeah. Um, uh, smart ways yeah. of doing training. But that's not what we're trying to talk about here, Alex. Uh, we're talking about progressing or progressive overload. Um, when we're looking at increasing overload, because this is one thing, I know the time has already gone off, but we're going to have to run over here again every single fucking We never, we never do that. I know. <laughs> um, we, if we're looking at conditioning, uh, there's... we. You have to do. You have to progressively overload for your conditioning to still work as well. Uh, it's not a case oh, of yeah, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a really big point that and I people about, yeah. always forget that. So they say, "Oh, I just did thirty minutes on the bike." But if you do thirty minutes on the bike week after week after week after week, that thirty minute. If you do it at the same speed, especially if you don't progress that bike week to week, you're actually going to burn. And if you depends what you're doing it for, but if that that thirty sec thirty minutes is going to have a lot less. Uh, impact on you in terms of calorie burning in terms of aerobic or any sort of cardio work that it's going to benefit you it's just not going to be as good you do have to progress now the most the the most obvious way people do it is uh, two ways number one you increase your distance so overall you cover or you get more work done okay uh so you you were more work done or more work done in time no these are the two different ways so you can either keep the keep the intensity the same okay but work for a little bit longer and that's going to still work you a little bit better that's going to make a progression or you can do the same length of time but 
get more work done in that time. So increase the the amount of work. So you increase your speed if you're running, uh, increase your reps if you're doing some sort of circuit thing. Um, what else? Uh, increase your reps if you're doing tempo work. A decrease your rest if you're doing intervals is another way you can do it. Well, I was just about to say this. We're, what we're moving into now is increasing the density of training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, getting so what, the same amount of, or getting more work done in less time or the same amount of work... No, getting the same amount of work done in less time or more work yep. done in the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Pow. Um, and again, you can increase what resistance you if you're doing we, bike you, you stuff. Yeah. What? Sorry, mate, you cut for a second. I was asking a question, but you already answered it. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so we can increase the resistance if we're doing bike things. That's another way of getting more work done. We don't have to just look at it. Well, I guess it is, that is still distance because you, you're basically going in a higher gear or a lower gear. I don't know. I don't have a road bike. But yeah, make so sure you're increasing gear, your... The higher resistance, the further you go per pedal. Okay. Yeah, see? So you yeah. are increasing distance. Um, and then for speed work you're going to progress that by having it be... Well, there's a few ways. Again, you can increase your density, so have a little bit less rest if you can. Again, remember that you need to be fresh for your speed work, though. Uh, have Do more sets or reps of your speed work. Do the speed work for a little mm-hmm. bit longer of a distance. Or, again, you can change the exercise to make it more specific to actual sprinting. So... For example, week one could be walking, pushing a sled, and just to get your mechanics down. Week two could be bounding, pushing that sled, so you're just driving it. Week three could be sprinting, pushing that sled, and then week four could be just sprinting. And that way, what you've done is you've gone from technical to uh, you've increased the, what do you call it? You've increased the intensity to have it more and more and more like actual sprinting. Yeah, cool. I really like that. Actually, that's um, that's smart. Um, um, when you get up to the higher intensity on. speed works, pardon no, me. Go on. No, go on. I think when you get to more higher intensity speed work, I think I'd actually. I this is me personally. I'm not saying anyway, anyone else. Um, I'd actually prefer adding in extra sessions rather than increasing distance. Yeah. Um, because I think there's a cap on increasing different distance. Whereas I think you can probably get quite a lot of doing two speed sessions in a day. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that. Um, and now that that's about. I've got. You've got any other ways that you can uh, increase uh, your progressive um, overload? We spoke about like compensatory acceleration stuff. Um, oh yeah. So if you're doing power work, so if you're doing like depth jumps, well, increase the height of the box. Power work, or, yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of other ways overloading stronger range of movement yeah. yeah but make sure you're writing it down week to week because that's the biggest headache i get is if you're not writing stuff down you're never going to be certain i don't care who you are if you're not writing your weight down you're not going to remember exactly how many reps and sets of exactly weight for each exercise that you did so make sure you log your shit down um and then times you wouldn't always progressively overload is something I've written in here. Um, yeah, do you want to cover that? Because I've just seen you written it down. Yeah, so uh, there are times where, <clears throat> well, obviously deloading, number one. Uh, if you're peaking, so what we said in the last podcast for MMA athletes, they would reduce their volume and intensity coming into a fight. 
you would do it coming into a big tournament or a big game you would uh, lower your training volume a little bit so you wouldn't because your concern isn't getting better in the gym your concern is getting better on the pitch so you're going to try yeah, so and reduce peak, fatigue peaking's as much as a, peaking's a weird one that people think that when they peak or come up to an event what they need to do is train really fucking hard mm-hmm. um Whereas really, the idea of peaking isn't to get any stronger. All that strength work should have been done already. Yeah, it's to feel good when you get into the event. Yeah, it's to reduce that fatigue so that then your performance can be as high as possible. Because all this training is, and progressing week to week to week is going to gradually over the weeks increase uh, fatigue, and you want to get that down in order to uh, in order to perform at your best. Um, and then one more I'd say is just stress, like outside involvement of stress may sometimes mean that rather than like your body just isn't going to be able to cope with this progressive overload. So you might just have to keep things the same for a little bit. And then that is a good thing because when that stress reduces, you should be able to increase that volume and overload a lot better than what you would have done if you yeah, were right, in buddy. stress before time. Before we, um, before we, before we time out here, um, let's have a chat quickly about deloading. No. Because we can't progressively overload indefinitely. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh. All right, that's um, it. So, so I'll, I'll, just, I'll just do it really quickly, mate. You can't, you can't keep adding weight and adding weight or, or increasing your density, etc. You can't keep using these methods that we just spoke about indefinitely. At some point, your stress levels um, on your body is going to increase so much that you need to break. Otherwise, you're going to get hurt or you're going to see a decrease in performance. Yeah. So when you stop being able to do what you could do previously, it might be time to take a break and, um, you know, not reassess, but just have a break, let yourself relax for a little bit and come back at it. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I've, I've said this before about, like, if you say you squatted 100 kilos, okay, and you added five kilos every single week, you're squatting 350 mm-hmm. kilos in a year. It's not realistic. Yeah. Um, it's just the way the body works. And, and, and people that say that you don't need to deload, you know, you, oh, you don't need to deload. Uh, there's, no, there's no need for it. You're not training hard enough if you don't need to deload. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, actually, well, no, no, I think if you want more information on deloading, uh, hit us up and we'll do a whole podcast on it. If you want it right now, Go ahead and go to rubby-muscle.com, click on the blog, and I've done a video on it. So I'll link that in the show notes at rubby-muscle.com. Um, oh, or you can just look up TJ Strength Deload on YouTube, and you'll see me explain all of that. Um, this is We're going to keep going, Alex, because I need to read out these um, reviews that we've been sent in. I'm so chuffed to be... Uh, there's some nice reviews, actually. Yeah, so questions. just two reviews. If you give us a review on iTunes, give us five stars, little write-up. It takes, like, li- literally a minute. Go on the podcast app on your iPhone or just go on iTunes on uh, the interwebs if you don't have an iPhone. I don't know why you wouldn't. I don't know why you'd have an Android, but whatever. That's you. Uh, we've got Brooksy here says, uh, great info, great fun. Been listening to TJ and Alex for about six months now, and they've supplied me with some great info on how to progress my game. Recommend this to all players at any level. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you so much, Brooksy. Uh, hit us up, get in touch, uh, respond to one of our emails, or hit us up on our socials. You know how to do it, and we will give you something good. Sh- we'll give you some good shit. I'm gonna give you a little treat. And then Hammer 
or Hamer9. So it's a great podcast. Always love listening to TJ and Alex. Picked up a lot of tips to implement into my own training. Hopefully you have as well, the listener. That'll be it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you can give us a review, we're going to give you some treats. Uh, Alex, anything to say? We're not plugging because we've ran over. Nah. All right, chaps. That'll do us for now. See you later. See you next podcast. (laughs) 